The next time we do it, I don't want my first one to be as slow as the first one we did a month ago, two months ago. And so I'm, I guess, competitive, but it's not a bad thing. I just want to be fit. Mm. You know, I want to be able to, I want to be able to interact with my employees. I want to be able to interact with my wife. I want, I want a great relationship with my wife. I want a great relationship with you. And I think nutrition and health and, and activity is all part of that. Hey everybody, it's Coach Charlie. Welcome or welcome back to the Building Better People podcast brought to you by BoomFit. Thanks for listening today. And at the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast if you aren't already. But more importantly, I hope the following interview inspires you to take the next step in your fitness journey. Enjoy. Uh, my name is Doug Peterson. I am uh, probably Charlie's best friend on the planet. <laughs> of course. Uh, I'm 62 years old. I've been training with you for... We started in 08, so we're going on 13 years. Yeah, 13 years. I was going to say it's more than 10. Thanks to Justin Whit- Whitworth. We'll give him a little plug, shout out. Uh, well, uh, he kicks my butt in burpees, so I don't have to give him a shout out if I don't want to. Uh, but I'm 62 years old. I'm six foot 10, 200 and. 40 pounds. I'd rather be 230 pounds. I was 250 pounds. Uh, and I own a business here in College Station, Bryan College Station called Twin City Properties. I'm a real estate investor. Yeah. So this is uh, all about your fitness journey, your uh, health journey. You know, let's start with playing basketball at Texas A&M and kind of tell me how you ended up there. I mean, growing up, you're from Chicago. Well, my mom lives in Batavia, Illinois now. She's 92. My dad passed in 14. Mm -hmm. I'm actually from Minnesota originally. But then they moved my senior year in high school. My dad moved to Illinois, and then subsequently everybody moved. So my my two brothers, my sister, my mom, all in the Chicago area-ish. I was a a tall, good basketball player from Minnesota in 1976. Um, I claim one of my claim to fame, basketball wise, is I played against Kevin McHale in our high school all star game, and he went on to be a big. He NBA. was he was arguably the best sixth man in basketball. He is one of the top fifty best ever basketball players in the world. Top fifty NBA pros. Did yes. y'all win? Uh, we did not win. It did not go horrible. It did not go well. But I enjoyed playing against him. Yeah. He wasn't. He didn't just dominate me. Um, but he Minnesota offered me a job because they had a huge um, scandal, uh, lots of violations, NCAA violations, and their um, number of scholarships was greatly reduced. So I like to say they gave Kevin McHale a scholarship. They offered me a job. And back <laughs> in those days, it was like a wink, wink, nod, nod. You really didn't have to show up. They just give you money. Um, but they made the right choice. <laughs> when, when did you first pick up a basketball? How old were you? Oh, shoot. Um, my dad made me go to a school or a church, I forget which, when I was probably 11, 12, 13, something like that. How and tall were you at that time? I was tall for my age, but I wasn't grossly tall or, or yeah. fanatically tall. And I did not want to go. I cried. I just had no interest. I didn't want to go. And literally on the first day, because I was bigger than all the other kids, uh, they all recognized my power or my prowess or my yeah. potential. And they posted me up and they threw me the ball. And I was like the hero. I was like this star. Uh, and then it just got better and better and better and better. And I got taller and taller and taller. Um, I, got, I got to a point where I actually loved working out. Mm. I would, after a workout, uh, you have to remember this may sound kind of weird, but our showers are like 10 or 12 or 15 shower heads. Everybody showers together. Nobody would shower on either side of me because all I did was turn on the cold. There was no warm water coming out. I got super heated and I loved it. And it was just working out was this high for me. If I didn't work out by by 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I got a headache. Now, this is in combination with basketball practice, or was this what you would call basketball practice was your workout? Well, no, basketball was everything to me. I didn't yeah. enjoy the gym in the sense of lifting. Yeah. Uh, running was okay, but running was an ends to a means. The sport was... If you put a basketball on the court, I could run all day. But as soon as you take the basketball away and all we're doing is running, you know, I could run for the basketball practice, 
But just to say we're going to go work out, no, that didn't motivate me. That how long fun. were your practices? How long were your workouts? In um, uh, three or four hours. And did you feel like at that time you appreciated how fit you were? No. You were just fit. You just took yeah, it's it for just, granted. You know, when you're 19, 20, 21, you're going you're gonna to live forever. Nothing hurts. If it does hurt, it's better tomorrow. Uh, I, I never took any medicine, pain pills. I never... Um, I, th- I think I sprained an ankle once in my four or five. I, they registered me one year. I had five years of college paid for. I sprained an ankle once. So when you transitioned to A&M, that passion only grew, the addiction to working out, to playing the sport? Well, yes and no. That's an interesting question because when I came down as a freshman, all I cared about was playing basketball. All I cared about was running and playing and getting better. And, and I, was, I was 6'11", 215 pounds. Hmm. So I'm pretty small. I'm not Kevin Durant, but I was Kevin Durant-esque, you know, real thin. Um, But I didn't have his skills. And so they wanted me underneath the basket, but I needed 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 pounds to really compete. And so as a freshman, man, you know, everybody's good, and and this is a whole other level, and we're running and we're playing, and we would actually go to the weight room first. Then we go to the track and run mm. Kyle Field. Then we'd go to the third floor to wear and play basketball. I was exhausted after the weight room, let alone the, the track. Wow. And so it was. it's, it's like um, Wizard of Oz. This is no longer Kansas. We're not in Kansas anymore, Toto. Yeah. It's a whole other game. And But it was still fun. I still enjoyed it. They redshirted me my sophomore year, which is kind of a compliment. They're saying we want you to stay here five years, not four years. I'm not blaming the coaches. This isn't fair. We make our own situations. But it it literally affected me because they said, you can't play. You're going to sit this one out. All your teammates are going to play. You're going to sit on the sidelines. You still get to practice. Well, hell, nobody wants to practice. Mm-hmm. We all want to play in the games. And it, it did something to me. It, it the, It's like the mirror broke. And it was it – Because was, you couldn't play the game you loved? It, it was it – was, I wasn't part of the team. You know, I was here – and I was part of the team. I, I actually think it's a part of an immaturity at that level, at that time in my life. I wasn't mature enough to recognize I should put on weight, I should work out, I should lift weights, I should come back next year. Because in high school, we just got better and better and better. And we, we beat people by 50 points, but that brings you together as a team. And then I left and went to college, and I came in with three or four freshmen. We started, me, Steve Silistine, uh, Dave Goff, then Wally Swanson was a sophomore, and Steve Jones was the only senior that started. And we were 14 and 14 my freshman year, and all we knew how to do was really work out and really mm-hmm. play hard. But we were young, and we didn't have that much talent, and, and we, we weren't really competitive, so to speak. But we were 14 and 14, and, and naive is my point. Yeah. We didn't know any better. Did you make progress in those areas of your fitness, your weight, or did that freshman year you just kind of – couldn't gain a pound. I would start the season at 215. I ended the season at 207. Or We would literally, Kane Hall was where we stayed at the time, and it was an amazing facility with amazing food. Mert Davidson, uh, Davison, Mert was the lady that ran the facility, sweet as she could be. And we had shrimp, we had steak, we had mm-hmm. ice cream, we had brownies, we had a bad stuff but good yeah. stuff that puts weight on. I would literally sit in the dining hall for hours couldn't gain weight i knew i needed they got us a pass to the um wherever you get a milkshake on campus uh the creamery uh and and i would i'd if i if i was on that side of campus i'd get a milkshake i did everything i could to try and gain weight couldn't put on a pound i mean looking back now what were you doing do you do you know more today than then or do you just think you were it was kind of your metabolism was so fast you were working out four hours a day there's it you know, could you have eaten more? <laughs> um, no. <laughs> <laughs> you are. Here's the deal, and, and this is going to sound like sour grapes, but and I don't know if you want to talk about this, but nutrition is huge, and the coaches would make us eat before a game at 4.30. The game's at 7. I'm hypoglycemic, or there's something about blood sugar and eating. I get really grumpy if I don't eat every three or four hours. Well, if I'm eating at 4.30 
and usually it was a steak and a potato and green beans, and it was pretty healthy and probably a salad. But if I'm eating at 4.30 and the game's at 7, I would start the game, and by literally one or two, three minutes into the game, I was completely spent. I was so weak. I was just trembling, kind of like after I leave your workouts, I'm just yeah. trembling. Yeah. And, and I, I just felt horrible about my performance, about my stamina, about, about my strength. And I should have eaten an hour before. Mm. If, if I'm going to work out with Charlie, ladies and gentlemen, and I expect him to push me, if I know I'm going to have a really challenging workout, I have to eat and eat a decent amount of protein, a decent amount of good food, maybe two hours beforehand, because then I can have it digested a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm not worried about you making me tired. I'm a little bit worried about you making me throw up, yeah. but, but I want you to push me. And if I don't eat, I, I, I'll, I'll always remember not eating and showing up with you and your immediate question 10 minutes into the workout was did you eat yeah and i was embarrassed when you asked that because what you're telling me is you look bad (laughs) (laughs) at what point did that click because oh i'm so slow it was years afterwards yeah you mean you're far gone from a and m yeah i i I didn't put two and two together it was an amazing experience i'm still here i love a and m i loved my experience i loved the guys no it was a great experience but my performance was left um, uh, yearning for more, and I just didn't have it. Mm. And in hindsight, I don't know that it would have made that much of a difference. I'm not as competitive as Michael Jordan and some of those other guys. You really got to, you've got to want to beat people. You've got to want mm. it bad. And I'm, I'm kind of social. I mean, I like people, um, but I can get fired up. I mean, what, I, what happened after that? So you graduate '84. 80. 80. Yeah. That's right. 80. Uh, they redshirt me a year, so I graduate technically 81, but I'm class of 80. Do you pick up a basketball after that? Or Oh, yeah. Okay, so you play recreationally? Yep. City League, uh, and we had two rules. Uh, we played City League ball for a good, I would guess, 10 years afterwards. We had two rules. One, we don't practice. And two, we win. And when either one of those fails, I quit. <laughs> I'm now, not, this I'm is not... just you in town with just other guys there was a lot of guys former a&m players uh guys that played for a year or two and then just decided it wasn't a full-time deal for them Uh, a lot of guys that really wanted to play at a&m but didn't so the city league there were some good players there were some good teams where would y'all play uh, we would play at various and sundry places, you know, yeah. uh, school gyms around here, tournaments out of town. We'd go to LaGrange. We'd go to, you know, neighboring towns. Um, and it was really, really competitive and it was really, really fun, but it was loose. It was unorganized. It was more about fun and it was about winning than it was about practicing and having plays designed and right. you know, that sort of stuff. Now, and, did you stay in shape? Uh, enough. <laughs> yeah, from playing, just from playing basketball. Yeah. Uh, well, I would water ski. I would play racquetball. I mean, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm athletic to a point, mm-hmm. and I, I like to stay active. Um, and I'm not sure where you're going with this, but I can tell you the exact moment when I quit playing basketball. When was that? We're playing a City League game, and I had the ball at the top of the key, and which is a little bit beyond the free throw line, and I took a shot which is really outside my range, and it hit the front of the iron, and it came straight back to the guy that was guarding me. And so my job should have been to get back and guard the goal and stay between him and the basket. Well, he was shorter than me and a lot quicker than me, and he just got the ball and spun and took off. He got between me and the basket. Charlie, if I could have tackled him, I would have lunged at him and tackled him. I couldn't catch him. And it was at that moment that I realized my, my hands and my brain and my body were not quite in sync. And I said, it means too much to me. I can't put four hours a day into this. I'm not going to. I'm done. How old were you? Oh, shoot. 32? Yeah, probably. About. Why? And you just stopped. That was it. That's it. Well, let me do this. If you... Um, and, and I, I can kind of relate when they talk about surgeons losing their touch. Mm. You know, you, you kind of think, well, you know where the heart is. You know where the aorta is. You know where this is. You know where that is. I mean, can't you cure this? Can't you fix mm. this? And they talk about losing their touch. I can remember playing racquetball. And when I was playing racquetball a lot, I could put the ball wherever I wanted it. And that's very different than just hitting the ball. So when you've got that touch, when you've got that finesse, when you've got that ability, when you have that 
almost unconscious oneness with the game, it's fun, especially when it means that much to you. If it still means that much to you and you're not putting in four hours a day and you don't have that touch, it's just frustrating. My mind was in a very different place than my body. It's almost like retirement. <laughs> Even though we're talking about intramurals. Or- they, they, did a, um, they did an alumni game at A&M. And they always do this. They always send out every time. Once a year, there's an alumni game where everybody gets together. And in this particular alumni game, we were going to play an actual game before the A&M game. Bruce Baird was my roommate, my teammate, good friend. He lives in Fort Worth. I love Bruce. And uh, it, Bruce actually had a fan club at AM. They were Baird's bums, and they would stand up in the stands with oh these signs. My. Loved Bruce. Well, we came back uh, easily 20 years after we had graduated, and they did a, an alumni game before the AM basketball game that we were all supposed to gather at, and the, the reason for our gathering, this, this basketball game. So they got us jerseys. And we suited up, and we went out and we shot layups, and you know we're doing all of the normal stuff we do to warm up. And um, in the game, my buddy Bruce Baird comes cutting down the lane. Well, I saw him, and I was over guarding somebody else, and I slipped down to pick him up. Well, you sidestep to go pick him up, and you're staying between he and the basket. Bruce went up for a shot, and I got my legs tangled up on myself just before I went up to block his shot or to go, you know, defend the the basket. And I got tangled up and I ended up just going up and grabbing him. And I literally grabbed him and I said to him as I grabbed him, I am so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I am so sorry. But I couldn't let him go because he'd get hurt potentially. So I grabbed him and I cushioned his fall with me and we laughed and it's all good natured. But as he got up, I was embarrassed. And it was again, another moment where your body's not doing what your mind tells it to do. And so it was just confirmation that it's, you know, you're you're getting old and it's time to retire. Yeah. So you hung up the... The cleats, for lack of a better phrase, and what happened after that? Did you just not do anything till you met me, or uh, no? I still water skied. I still played racquetball. Uh, I, I would go to the gym uh, occasionally. You know, I had a Gold's Gym membership, and it was cheap. And as long as yeah. you kept paying on it, it was nineteen, ten dollars, nineteen dollars a month, whatever it was. And you kind of feel like, well, you don't want to give that up because you'll use it one day. And I would still. Um, if I remember right, I lived about a mile to a mile and a half from Gold's Gym, and I would jog to the gym, then I would work out, and then I would jog back. Hmm. Not regularly, but not infrequently, but enough that I really kind of felt like I was doing something. Now, the difference between me doing that on my own and working out with you is night and day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because when you and I start and we get warmed up, and we might do the first of six routines. Mm-hmm. I'm probably done after that first routine. Mm. You know, I mean, I've pushed myself enough. When I get to the second routine, I'm proud of myself, and I've gone far enough if I'm working out by myself. When we get to your sixth routine, and I was thinking about being interviewed on your yeah. blog, and ladies yeah. and gentlemen, this is for you, not <laughs> for him, because this is going to embarrass him. My <laughs> wife is the sexiest woman on the planet. And after we got married... This is a little bit more information than y'all care about. Looking at her, getting ready to come to bed would make me shake. It would make me quiver. It literally would. I'm so in love with my wife. I'm so in awe that we're together. Even today, 11 years later, Charlie makes me feel the same way (laughs) after his workouts. I'm quivering. Uh And for the first two or three years, even though I thought I was an athlete, I would literally have to sit there and catch my breath because I didn't trust myself driving home because I was kind of lightheaded and I was really winded. But I was thinking, I need to get back in shape. I need to get back into some kind of activity where I feel better about myself. Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) I'm not kidding. It hurt my back to put my pants on. Mm. So I, I couldn't get dressed without being in pain. When did that back start hurting I heard it first, two or three years out of college, we were installing windows on campus. It was piecework, 
and it was a summer job and it was a lot of fun again it was camaraderie it was fellowship and we made some pretty good money but then i really heard it probably 15 years ago i took a bad bad water ski fall we would ski the slalom course and we got pretty good at it and i was coming around five ball but i was late or six and i i let the handle go back to the boat and my ski just stopped and i just came over the top face first uh uh blackened an eye bloodshot an eye burst an eardrum cracked two or three ribs my legs and my ski came back up over my back hyperextending backwards i thought i broke my back uh, the guys came around on me like they should in the boat and they're hollering raise your hand if you're okay i wasn't okay mm. so i didn't raise my hand i could hear them and they kept saying raise your hand raise your hand and i'm thinking i'm not okay i really thought i broke my back and then I lifted my legs, my, my ski's still on, I lifted my knees and my legs, and I thought, okay, my back's not broken, everything else is okay. And according to doctors and chiropractors, I really stretched ligaments on the left side. Um, inactivity and an injury is a horrible conversation. Inactivity for a period while the injury heals, well, that makes sense. But then not doing anything afterwards the injury and the body compensating for that injury really made a mess out of my small back. When you often refer to your back's in more pain when we haven't worked out. After, you know. I work out with Charlie regularly every other day. My wife's out of town this week, so hopefully yeah. every day. But every day I work out with you, my back feels better and stronger, and my whole body feels better. But if, like, Friday we do a good workout – Saturday, I'm okay. Sunday, it starts to stiffen up. Monday, it's starting to really kind of feel like I need a workout. And then Monday, I get my workout. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, so, it's, it helps. Um, when yeah. you hurt yourself, so that would have been 05, 06. So, maybe shortly before. So, let's kind of talk about what led you into the studio all those years ago. Why you decided at this point. You sounds like you never had a trainer before. Correct. So, you'd been going to Gold's on your own. Had a, a pretty severe injury few years before you met me didn't realize it was that severe but yes and then try to think back to that we'll call it that era like what brought you in what you were thinking in your head now you're in this environment you've never you're probably doing some exercises you hadn't done in a really long time we were working out in the mornings we were you know in a small group setting what was that like well, what was it like or what brought me in? What brought you in? Let's go there first. Okay, so what brought me in is probably Justin Whitworth and the need or the desire for fellowship and the need or desire for competition, the need or desire for some physical activity. And I, I believe it was probably about then that I also made the same realization that you just outlined. I'd never worked out with a trainer before and I knew I was lazy on my own. I mean, if I could just be blunt, you know, if I'm going to go do 100 sit-ups, cool. But maybe I should be doing 1,000 sit-ups and 500 push-ups. And that should be done after I run a quarter mile and do some rowing and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. um, Charlie knows me better than I know myself, <laughs> which is probably true. Mm. And so then there's the added, I don't want to disappoint Charlie, so I'm really going to get a max. When we do max reps, it's not for me. It's for us. Right. And so there's that peer pressure, which is a good pressure. There's that camaraderie, which is a great feeling. And I, I probably, somewhere deep inside, recognize, I don't know if you're going to push me. I don't know you're from Adam. Justin's bragging about you. I probably want to stay active. My back's bothering me. I'm, I'm not doing anything challenging on my own. Um, Alex Caesar in my office, he's his best trainer. A young man, 26 years mm. old, president of our company, former AM football standout. He's an athlete, but he can train himself. I can't do that. I need somebody like you that knows me. I need somebody like you that knows, well, we had a hard workout on legs this day. We'll do arms this day. We'll do back. We'll do this. We'll mm. do that. And then it all kind of comes together. And we're going to do five sets of this. We're not doing three. And we're not doing five sets of this weight. We're doing five sets of this weight. I, I don't know how to do that. And again, talking about Charlie, when do you tell me what the routine is? 
right two seconds before we do it. Why? <laughs> because if you think about it too much, you might second guess it. If Charlie tells me on Monday we're doing burpees on Wednesdays, <laughs> number one, I dread it Monday, Tuesday, and then Wednesday. And then what I do is I focus on the burpees and I coast yeah. with everything else until I get to the burpees. And then I know I need to conserve my strength, conserve my energy. And I don't want to do that. I want to, I want to bust everything like it's the last thing we're going to do, and then I'm going to take a break and you know change clothes. Yeah. If you tell me what we're going to do, then I start to get conservative. I don't want to know what we're going to do. So I want you to surprise me, and I can do small bite-sized steps really well and very aggressively, more than I can do this big hour-long thing. Yep. So Charlie and I have a deal. Don't tell me what we're That's doing. Right. <laughs> you know, one of the things I think the podcast does so well is it, encourages people where they're at so somebody's going to listen to this it's going to kind of speak to them where they are in their fitness maybe they're going to think you only train seven footers (laughs) this might be bad for you (laughs) and as you're sharing this i wonder when did you or did you really enjoy this right away from somebody who had never had a trainer before you had a coach in in sports but numerous at what point did you start saying hey i kind of like this this is kind of cool was it the first day was it three months in was it couple years in um okay so so coaches are amazing a good coach a great coach is an amazing person because they read you and if you're a coach like on an nfl team or an nba team or a football team of any league you have to know you have a hundred different players that are all motivated a hundred different ways and so for me i need um I hate to say it this way, but I need constant support. You know, uh, I don't need a coach standing over me going, geez, that's all you can bench? That, that would demoralize me. And so the relationship that I enjoy with you is, and we were kind of talking about this earlier today, completely unrelated to this podcast, but it's transparent. It's honest. And, but it's still supportive. I love you. You love me. There's nothing I wouldn't do for you. And I believe that's true. You of me. Mm-hmm. So we've, we've grown this amazing friendship, but a lot of it is based on no matter what we're talking about, trust, transparency. Mm-hmm. And so I tease you once in a while, a little bit about Charlie. I'll go, Oh, good job. And I'll know that's not exactly an impressive. <laughs> and I'll look at you and I'll go, well, that's a little bit over the top, Charlie, not quite believable, <laughs> but, but I appreciate the support, but I, but I need that. And I want that. But I think most people do, especially at this level. We're not, and training. it's always coming from truth in my heart, <laughs> <laughs> but, but we're not training for the NFL camp or the NBA. Yeah. And so, support and you said something to me we were talking about employees and you said you know sometimes you got to kick them in the butt but sometimes you got to pat them on the back Mm -hmm. and so there's that delicate balance between how much of this and how much of that and is it going to grow respect is it going to grow friendship is it going to grow trust is it going to grow a relationship and you and i have done that and so to, to talk about when did this become powerful for me i would say day one you know, I, I missed organized sports. I missed competition. I missed testing myself, pushing myself. You know, what, should we tell the burpee story with yes, Justin? Yes, absolutely. So, so Justin Whitworth is how tall? Uh, probably 5'10". And fit at the time. Yeah, I mean, he is fit. Okay. So there's about three or four of us, because yep. Billy was in there, right? That's right, that's right. And so we're biking. Bo Miles was in there. Was he? <laughs> yeah, maybe. So, so we're biking, and we're rowing, and we're doing push-ups, and we're, you know, there's it's a regular CrossFit workout, and I think we're about to do burpees, or we did some burpees, yep. and Justin and I, nonstop at 6 o'clock in the morning, we're talking smack. Somebody's always got something to say about somebody's outfit or somebody's performance or somebody's shoes or somebody's haircut. We're just, in a great way, we're just constantly at each other. And you picked up on this and said, all right, burpee challenge, first one to 10, here we go. And I thought, that's a, literally my first thought was, no, I'm not doing that. But then it was about, you said me and Justin. Face-to-face, first one to 10. And this is a great story, folks. So I'm 6'10". Burpees are not my friend. Justin is 5'10". 5'10". And and built like a linebacker. And so we said, first to 10. We're going to face each other. And ready, go. We drop down. We do a push-up. We come back up. And I'm face-to-face with Justin. We drop down. We do a push-up. We come back up. So after two or three of these, I'm really... 
I got this going on. Yeah. And so after five, I go back down. I'm coming back up on six. Justin has his hands on his knees. He's done, and he's catching his breath, and it dawns on me then, not, <laughs> not, not before. It dawns on me he's doing two to my one, and I was given everything I had. Oh. That was all I could do. So whenever we see Justin and Charlie and I, the oh, three of us man. are together, the burpee competition always comes up. But here's the deal. That by itself is such a great story that even though I'm kind of the butt of that story, that's what working out with your friends is about. Mm. That's what competition's about. And we were doing burpees. We weren't mm-hmm. sitting on the couch eating potato chips and drinking beer and watching football. We were active. We were doing something, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. And even though I got my ass handed to me, I loved it. Yeah. And now that becomes something special between you and me and Justin yeah. that we'll have for the rest of our lives. Yep. Now, Justin, if you're watching, if you're listening, you know I kick your ass biking. I kick <laughs> your ass in rowing. I kick your ass in, I mean, <laughs> there's... I'm going to have send him the podcast for sure there's a lot of things that i kick justin's ass in so (laughs) ladies and gentlemen i don't want you to think he just mops the floor with me that's not the case no but but you have a gift if my shoulder hurts and in your head you've already got this hour-long routine and instantly we get into something and i go yeah we're not going to do that the 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 way and the ability for you to pivot and know me and know what we're going to go to instantly is very um, confidence building. Mm-hmm. I know you're watching. I know I'm not going to get hurt. I constantly ask, me, ask you about my form. And you're saying, you know what? You look good, but. Or you look good. Or give me a little more knees or a little more hips mm-hmm. or a little more. And so it's not about testosterone. It's not about throwing tires. It's not about swinging from the trees. It is. But it's about doing it right. And it's about encouraging people to become fit. You know, one of my, one of my saddest realities, ladies and gentlemen, is my nutritional habits <laughs> and having to share that with Charlie. Because if I had nutritional integrity, I'd Good be a word. beast. I like that. No, I'd be a beast. I'd be ripped. Hmm. I'd have a body fat of about 5 or 6 8%. I'd be ripped and my gym performance would be better, true or false? True. Did you ask me, yes or no, what I had for dinner last night? Yes, I did. (laughs) My wife's out of town. She took the little pup to the grandkids. That's our Christmas gift to the kids. And I was on my own, so I'm gluten-free, so I had a gluten-free pizza, uh, which is not really on my diet, really on my diet, not on my diet, but, but we have that honesty. Yes. I won't lie to you any more than I'll lie to anybody, Am I proud of that answer? No. Did I think about you while I was eating that pizza? Yes. Did I think about the workout today? Yes. Did I still eat the pizza? Yes. <laughs> so let's let's open up the nutrition conversation because I feel like we've... I had... have cash on me. <laughs> let's not. <laughs> At, you know, I, I recall several occasions we start this nutritional conversation I like to think that you've made a lot of forward progress. I have. Um, but I'm still weak. Well, and, and just anybody who's not seeing Doug, he is very fit for being six foot ten and weighing 240 pounds. I mean, you know, you're... Hopefully 238, 239, but I fear yeah, 241. Yeah, I mean, you're, you, the, the performance in the gym is... I mean, it really is what I would call the goal for anybody see this is where he you love charlie but it's just a little over the top i mean it's a little much no I'm but you know you do have a tug of war relationship with healthy food yep um but i feel like you're winning in the big picture well thanks to you and, and really thanks to my wife right there's uh, guidance there's there's peer pressure there's support there's in- intellectual stimulation eat this don't eat this there's a there's a meal at the grub burger bar named after charlie and it's called the charlie and i'm the one that got it called the charlie but charlie invented it it's a turkey pesto cob salad substitute for me the chicken for the turkey and then add a hamburger patty delicious well it's number one it's delicious number two it's filling it's satisfying and number three According to Charlie, and again, I surround myself with experts, people that I trust, it's the perfect balance of all your nutritional needs, true or false. True, absolutely. Well, you know what? 
I don't need to think about what I'm going to eat. I go to Grub Burger Bar, I probably will today, and I'll order a Charlie. Everybody there except for the newest hires knows what a Charlie is, and the owners know what it is. We're giving them a hard time. I thought it was going to be on the menu, but apparently yeah. it's not. But yeah, it, it's, it's not something I need to think about, which actually helps for me in my nutritional challenge. When did you increase your commitment to eating healthy? At what point in this whole deal? I think that happens over time. You know, I used to go to the Longhorn uh, Steakhouse, and I would get the large chicken fried steak for lunch. But I was active and I was younger, 25, 30, 35, even 40. You just eat whatever you want to eat. Not probably good for your arteries now that I'm 62, but, you know, I, I got married to Cheryl, and she is incredibly aware, incredibly thirsty for information, incredibly healthy. Um, you know, we still have a cocktail and we'll still have a dessert once in a while, but that's not her cheat. That's, that's not her um, excitement. It is for me, and it is a, a, it's a big challenge not to cheat nutritionally. But boy, when I don't, and when it's clean, it's a big difference. Can we talk about queso sitting on the bike? <laughs> yeah, so, tell that story. So I'm at, uh, I'm at uh, On the Border with my good friend David Gardner, and we have lunch weekly. And lunch with David Gardner is at least two large quesos and four or five baskets of chips plus lunch. And that was lunch at 12. You and I were doing 2.30 or 3 yeah, or something. 3 o'clock. And I'm sitting on the bike and I'm trying to get warmed up because I like to do 15 minutes before Charlie shows up. So I'm kind of loosened up. And then I get my hour with you. And I'm sitting on the bike and I just feel like crap. I just, I am no energy, lethargic. I do not feel like pedaling. I damn sure don't feel like spending an hour with you. And, and what's so fascinating, and this is one of the, you said, where's the aha moment? I'm sitting on this bike feeling like crap. Charlie comes in, hey, dog, what's going on? You know, all excited and there's, there's a, a little over the top. No, I think, I think there's a band in the background, confetti's coming out of the ceiling. It's just so, so exciting. And he goes clapping, clapping. Hey, how are we doing today? And then there's this pause. And I'm trying to figure out, because we have a very honest relationship. And I said, Charlie, I feel like crap. <laughs> I just don't have any energy. And literally, the first words out of your mouth were, What'd you have for lunch? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I just went, it's so obvious. It's, it's, <laughs> it's so easy. And I said, wow, I had a mountain of chips and a mountain of queso. And I feel like crap. And you're so good. Charlie is so, <laughs> no, he's so kind. I would have said, well, you dumbass. <laughs> you know, no, I, I don't have your DNA. Here's Charlie. Hmm. What do you think? There's a correlation. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not exaggerating. Oh. So, so you, you're such a great hearted person. You allow people to get there on their own and you don't embarrass them. <laughs> Because I have lots of stuff you can embarrass me about. <laughs> but no, it was, a, it was an aha moment, but it doesn't mean I'm not tempted. Last night when I went out, I don't mean, I, I'm, I'm not, not exaggerating. I'm ordering the pizza thinking about you. I'm eating the pizza thinking about you. I finished the pizza with a great smile on my face, licking my lips, thinking about you, knowing and fearing that I would pay the price for it today. Didn't deter me. I still mm. ate the pizza. Mm. So... Pray for me, people. <laughs> pray, pray for me. At, at at this stage, for you, um, I would I would definitely call you a nutritionally minded, healthy person. Um, would you say? You wouldn't call me a nutritionally challenged person. <laughs> well, I, I would, you, you used a great word. I've never used that. Nutrition integrity. Yeah. You know, just because you have a pizza every now and then or eat something you shouldn't doesn't mean you don't have nutritional You're integrity. So kind of I really think You're you do. So good. So I love you, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> Would you say right now, you know, in terms of working out, and somebody who's listening that's that's not working out, that maybe is not eating right, you know, is is it possible for them at at a at sixty two years old or at sixty years old, knowing what you know, like if, if you're ingrained in bad habits, can they change? So the easy, instantaneous, sincere answer is yes. It's easy. 
but I'm going to give it some some background. Uh, my wife, as I said before, love of my life. She's an amazing woman, smartest person, smartest woman, smartest person I know, one of them. Um, we have a doctor in Houston where we go for vitamins and hormones and, and a lot of stuff that I'm not familiar with. And, and to be honest, I wasn't even comfortable with in the sense that I don't need it. You know, if you eat a balanced meal, which, you know, we're talking about I don't do all the time, but if you eat a balanced meal, vegetables, fruits, salads, steak, protein, chicken, you're, you're going to do okay nutritionally. Uh, well, that's not good enough for my wife. And so I went through a, 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 a bad period health-wise, nutritionally, uh, and I got past that with her help, with the doctor's help, with a lot of other good people, and I'm back up to being Doug. A lot of energy, a lot of confidence, a lot of noise coming out of me. I walk into a room like I own it. I'm, I'm back living life large. So I stopped taking the vitamins. I stopped taking the hormones. I stopped thinking that I didn't need it anymore. But again, I don't lie to her anymore than I lie to you. And so she asked me one day, am I, how am I doing on my vitamins and this stuff? And I said, well, I stopped taking it. And she, boy, she stopped what she was doing. She turned and she stared at me. And I'm going to tie this back to your question about the gym. And she said, you don't get it. I said, well, educate me. And she said, you don't take your vitamins and your hormones for today. You take them for 10 years from now. She said, I don't want to have an amazing life with you today only. Mm. I want to have an amazing life with you 10, 20, 30 years from now. And she stopped me dead in my tracks. And to this day, because I honor that relationship and I honor my word to her, I never miss. So now let's take it full circle and let's talk about Charlie and Boomfit. You don't work out for today. You do, but you work out for 10 years from now. And so when I was having trouble, and I'm not exaggerating, I would have to lean up against a desk or something to put my pants on because my back was so tender. It was so bad. I was afraid of it going out. And I just said, you know what? This is nonsense. Charlie today has me climbing a rope. I'm 62 years old. I'm six foot 10. I'm climbing ropes at the gym. Now, I'm kind of impressed with myself, Yeah. but I think that's a testament to what you've done for me and what you've done to me. And so the answer to your question is yes. And the answer to your question is, yeah, get started. Um, and I'll, <laughs> I'm your Walmart greeter at the front door, right? <laughs> so I love these guys. I love Charlie. I love his trainers. I love the facility. And even though you're sitting there going, oh, yeah, well, he was an A&M football or basketball player. And, oh, yeah, he's water skis and he stays active. And he's been in the gym with Charlie for 13 years. That's not the point. What I tell people sitting in your gym, and you can kind of see the nervousness when they walk in. They're going to think everybody's ripped. Everybody knows what to do. Everybody knows the lingo. Everybody's got the gloves. Everybody's got the, can we do um, talcum? Can we do chalk? Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? People can be intimidated. So what I do is I see that, and I look at them, and I say, what's your name? How are you? Welcome to the gym. I don't work, I don't work here. I don't own the place. I'm just a customer. I said, but here's how you need to think about this. When your hand touches that front door, and you open that door, you've won. Because everything after that is gravy. If all you did was change your clothes, get on a bike, and, and ride for a minute, you're ahead of where you would have been if you just stayed at home. Now, if you think about just touching that door, and that's your biggest hurdle, mm. then it doesn't matter what Charlie and the trainers tell you to do. Because even if you fail at it, you tried. Mm. You want to talk about fight gone bad? Yes. Okay, so, <laughs> so fight gone bad. My point is, if you fail because you can't do 100 push-ups, you can't do 10 push-ups, you can only do one pull-up which is what I could do. Well, then what you do is you say, okay, darn it, I want to do a pull-up. And then when you get one pull-up, you go, okay, darn it, I want two pull-ups. So it's, it's uh, uh, I've got a lot of thoughts in my head. I'm sorry I'm rambling, but Jordan Peterson, 12 rules for, or 12 principles to live your life or something, he said it best. Don't compare yourself to somebody else. You'll never win that. Compare yourself to who you were yesterday and today make yourself a better version of that mm. person and so when you challenged me to do pull-ups i was offended 
I mean, there was a thought that I'm this athlete and I got more game. And then I thought, you're right, I can't do pull-ups. Yeah, you know what? I'll show you kind of thing. But it was more about I'll show me. And we've so my buddy Jim Woods, I'm going to tell this story. Oh, yeah, All yeah. Right, so Jim Woods and I, after we worked out, we're exhausted. We would go to a, a, where the pull-up bars were, and we would literally do one pull-up. And then we got to where we could do maybe two and maybe three, but we'd have to do one and then drop and get your arms shook out and then do another one. Then we got to where we could do two, but you'd have to drop, shake them out, and that sort of thing. Well, after one of our workouts, we went out to the uh, workout area with the pull-up bars, and there's about 15 or 20 teenagers <laughs> and 20-year-old guys, and they are just ripping through these, these pull-ups. I mean, they're doing 5, 10, 15 at a time, like they're just getting warmed up. I mean, we're, we're looking at them going, wish we could do that, you know. <laughs> In our greatest state of uh, exercise. And so I talked to everybody, as you can probably tell. And I said, how many can you do? And the guy goes, you mean unbroken? And I said, yeah. He goes, oh, I don't know, 20, 22. How many can you do? Well, I can do 15. How many can you do? Well, my biggest is 36 or, you know, whatever it was. But not knowing, not anticipating where this conversation was going, which I should have, they turned it around on us, and Jim's standing right here next to me, and one guy goes, how about y'all? How many can you do? And I literally don't have an answer, and I kind of feel like I need to be funny. You know, I need to be, but I can't lie. And so I'm trying to figure out how to say one, and from behind me, and you were standing oh, there, yeah, right? yeah, Jim. From, from behind me, while I'm thinking, Jim goes, we do two sets of one (laughs) but he paused dramatically to make it that much more impactful so here's my point if you're intimidated don't be and if you're comparing yourself to the crossfit athletes which we all have a tendency to do or the nba stars or whatever that's foolishness Mm -hmm. if you're comparing yourself to your high school all-star that you know rubbed your nose in it 20 years ago and you know he's out working out you're just you're renting space in your head to people that don't deserve it jim and i could not have been in a more embarrassing position right yeah these guys are ripping off pull-ups and we are just getting started to really try and train ourselves um and today we haven't done pull-ups like that in a while but my max is 18 kipping yep right yeah but i wanted to do 25 yep but so we're challenging ourselves and jim uh, jordan peterson said it best don't compare yourself to somebody else compare yourself to who you were yesterday if you're 10 pounds overweight or you're 100 pounds overweight you get your ass off the sofa yeah you make a little bit of a nutritional change or maybe even a dramatic nutritional change because that's 75 percent of the fight and then you get your butt up here, pick a gym. I know you care yeah. that they come up here, but you really care they just get off the couch That's right. and just put one foot in front of the other. When I think it's so good to just realize when you open the door, you've won. That's it. Regardless of what happens when you come in. I, I relate that to painting a house or painting a bedroom. I hate to paint. And so I have to trick myself. So what I do is I say, I'm going to paint this little section above the door today. And everything after that is gravy. It's a bonus. So I get the can out. I spread the the plastic. I tape off what I'm doing. You know, there's this prep. And then I get up there and I paint that. And it takes 10 minutes to do that. And then you just have this success. You Mm -hmm. you just feel good about yourself. Well, of course, I'm not going to be done. I'm going to do more. So then I paint that whole wall. And then I go, you know, I stop. I can get something. I can get a glass of water. Mm -hmm. I can go ahead and turn on the TV. I'm a success. And then I go, but... Everything's already out. I might as well start on this wall. And you just you, you feel good about yourself, even though it's a little bit of a lie, because I really wanted to paint the whole room anyway. But I'm only going to do this much because I know that's easy. And I know that's success. And everything after that is a bonus. And I'm mm. really rewarding myself by patting myself on the back. So when you reach up with your gym bag in your hand, ready to work out, you're coming up to see Charlie or Brandon or Kyle or whoever, and your hand touches that door, you're a success. Yeah, That's from that point forward, it's easy. Yep. So one thing that's unique about you, Doug, I can say this 100% every time you've worked out with me, you give 110%. I mean, you have never not worked hard. 
I, I really, I, I mean, you go, you, you really give everything you have. And, and so is that because you are, you know, in your head thinking, you know, I want to do it for Charlie or I want, I'm an athlete. I want to get pushed hard. But why do you push so hard? What makes you work so hard? Cause not everybody wants to work hard. I, I would disagree with you. And, and I, 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 I disagree in the sense that I don't want everybody out there listening to this to think that they're going to have to work out that hard mm. because I think a lot of people would be intimidated with that. And the second thing is I really believe the truth is I can work out harder. I don't work out 110%. Um, why do I not let you tell me what the workout is? Because I won't work out 110%. If I know there's something wall balls, burpees, something that I hate, I don't hate pull-ups, but I'm not good at them. If I know that's coming in the workout, then this part of the workout is going to be a coast because I'm saving energy for mm. that. So the compliment, which is you work out 110%, is greatly appreciated, but I cheat. Mm. And I think everybody out there listening is going to be intimidated if they think they have to work out 110%. You just got to get your butt off the couch. Mm -hmm. And so what I do, if there's any truth in what you're saying, what I do is a couple of things. Um, I, I try not to think about all the great athletes that I know I'm not because that's depressing. I don't know why, but every time I come to the gym, and not every time, but a lot, I'm thinking about Michael Jordan and I'm going, well, how come he's having so much fun working out? I'm really not looking forward to this. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to work out where I hurt or where I'm tired. If you'll notice, if we do five sets of something like rowing or like biking, which is my worst set? The first, the first one. one. I, I, I have to get winded. I have to get past that pain threshold. And so the first set makes me nervous. Now, the second set's actually easier for me than the first set. A lot of times, the third set's easier than the second set. By the time I get to the fourth set, now I'm kind of dreading the fourth and the yet-to-come mm. fifth set, right? Mm. But can I do the last one? I can always do yes. the last one. Why? Because it's the last one. Yeah. Yeah. But see, that's my brain working against me. So I appreciate the compliment, but I really feel like if I really wanted to be in shape, I do an hour with you and then I do another hour with you. Wow. And I feel like maybe the term would have been better because only you know if you're giving 110%, but I, I would say you always work hard. Okay. Well, there's one more part of this, which is, am I paying you? <laughs> yes. I'm getting my money's worth. <laughs> no. So there is a part of that. Um, I, I I think there's, there. well, let me do this. I'm going to go where you want to go. Uh, and I have pride. And I have a competitive spirit. The Strengths Finder, the book, my number one trait is competition. Mm. And so I'm competitive. But I don't think I'm competitive in every area of my life, but I'm competitive in areas. I'm competitive in business. I'm competitive in, in a lot of areas. And so when you say, you know, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to do this, and then we have this great friendship and then we have a professional relationship where you're my trainer, I'm the student, and I'm proud for you of what you're accomplishing with me. Mm. I'm not letting you down. Mm. And so like the bench press that we did the other day, a lot of reps, a lot of reps. Then we're going to do single heavies, right? Single maxes. Okay, whatever you want to do. Here we go. Well, bench press, ladies and gentlemen, isn't exactly my forte. I'm 6'10 and I'm skinny, um, but this is what Charlie tells me to do. So when that last heavy rep, one rep, single rep, ended up being, he won't tell me what it is, until I'm done, ended up being 225, yep. my max is 245, and that's when I'm fresh. Warmed up, but fresh. I was proud of myself, yep. but I'm not going to let you down. If you put the weight on the bar, I know you think I can do it. If you think I can do it, I better do well, it. Well, and just that set is a great example. I mean, you never quit in that push, right? You know, there's a lot of times, I mean, I've spotted a lot of people, and you just know when, they, when they're when they done. Well, and, I, I know it's going up with or without you. Mm -hmm. And so I'm giving it everything I got, yeah. and I trust you. We keep talking about yeah. trust. I know it's going up. Yeah. And I know that whatever I don't give it, 
you're going to give it. Yep. So it's not coming back to me. It's going back up. And the effort necessary to make that happen, guided by you, is going to be a great push for me in my exercise. And you're going to use a finger or two or three or a hand dictated by what I don't give you. So I'm not worried about it coming back on me. And that's part of the workout. That's how you challenge me. So I'm smart enough to know I'm supposed to push. I'm pushing. So this is a question I didn't plan on asking, but I think given the way the conversation is going to be good, because there's a lot of people listening or that will listen that maybe have never had a personal trainer. And they're listening to this. They're like, man, this is actually, the thought of having a trainer is actually in their head now. What are the characteristics, The what are the things that someone should be looking for? We have such a great relationship, mm-hmm. you know, and I think now you could probably even, if so, if somebody called you from, you know, maybe it's back home where you're, you know, you found a trainer for your mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, are, what, what would you tell somebody, hey, if you're going to hire a trainer, these are the things that you should look for? Well, that's an interesting question because I think it's different for a lot of people. You know, let's say there's somebody out there that's watching this, that's impressed with our rapport, that's even impressed with my admiration and my confidence in you, and they're kind of going, well, I want to use Charlie. I want to have that same friendship. I want to have that same relationship. But they're a little bit timid because they hadn't worked out in maybe forever, and they're going, well, he expects me to give 110%. I don't even know what that looks like, and I'm scared. No, you keep going. Oh, I'm scared to. Um, I'm scared to doubt myself. I'm scared to commit to giving 110. percent So I don't think I want Charlie because Charlie's going to work my butt off. I want somebody who's going to be supportive. I want somebody who's just going to tell me what to do and be there and watch me do it. You know, then there's other guys like Justin Whitworth. Justin played high school football. He's built like a linebacker. He he had some back issues, but he's a bit of an athlete. So we're going to have to watch his back. He wants somebody to push him, but maybe what he wants is the classroom instead of the individual. I mean, it, it's just different. Um, Alex Caesar, you know, the young man we talked about before, he trains himself better than a trainer would train him. He's going to have different needs. The only thing I can talk about is... Um, I think a trainer has to be supportive. That's vague. Is it the kick in the butt or is it the pat on the back? It's going to have to be maybe a little bit of both. Um, as much as I love you, as much as I trust you, um, I don't want you going easy on me. I don't want you coddling me. Mm -hmm. I want you to push me, but I want you to know me in order to push me intelligently. That's me. Um, I would like, if, I, if I'm imagining people sitting out there watching this, I would want to know that who I am today, fitness-wise, maybe weight-wise, maybe body fat-wise, is not who I'm going to be six months from now, three months from now, a year from now. Um, everybody probably wants to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger in his finest day, or everybody wants to look like these basketball players that have 2% body fat because they run five Mm -hmm. miles every game. You know, the, the, the interesting dilemma is that that doesn't happen overnight. Mm -hmm. You know, you've said more than one time, I've heard you say it about me and about others. You know, it's taken X number of years to bring you to this point. These are the habits that you've developed for you to say, I'm just mm. going to change all that overnight. I'm not going to be addicted to pizza. I'm not going to eat peanut M&Ms. I'm going to work out. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get rid of alcohol or whatever it is. That's kind of harsh. And what you probably want to do is you want to find somebody who's supportive. You want to talk about maybe three or four things that you want to improve and change in your life. And we're going to focus on one mm. right now. We're going to make that a habit. Then we're going to focus on a second one. And then we're going to make that a habit. But the whole time that's happening, there's feedback, there's rapport, there's trust, there's camaraderie, there's Mm -hmm. friendship. Um, I'm not going to lie. When you challenge me to the point that I'm quivering after a workout, but I did it, our friendship, our bond, our relationship is greatly enhanced. Mm. And I don't do it for me alone, which makes it even better. 
I do it so you're proud. I do it so you're proud of me, and I'm proud mm. of our relationship, and I'm proud of you as a trainer. Mm. And I know you know that yep. about your clients, but just so people out there are listening and watching, it's fun having accountability. Yeah, It's fun having a workout partner, even if you're not working out with them. It's fun having somebody who really knows how to motivate, how to push, how to help, how to teach. Um it, I would choose somebody who you can be a friend with. Mm. You know, I watch Brandon and Linda, and I watch Brandon and a lot of his clients, and I watch Kyle and his clients, and I watch I watch your trainers, and while I'm cooling down sometimes, I'll watch them interact, and I'll go, they've got a rapport. Because they're talking about dogs, or they're talking mm-hmm. about Christmas parties, or they're talking about birthdays, or they're talking about snow outside, or, you know. So so it's a it's a friendship that is tied to health. Mm. And I think if you're looking for criteria, one of them would be honesty, transparency. One of them would be motivation. But I I think ultimately you're looking for a friend. You know, I had a guy that taught me how to play basketball. He was the neighbor across the street. He's the guy in the van that would load up all the kids, take us to the outdoor park, and he changed my life. He's passed away now, but I would go back summers and I would spend a day or two with him very cerebral, very smart. Um, I missed him mm. when I came to college. And I've said to you on more than one occasion, man, I wish I knew you back in college because mm-hmm. you would have had me in better shape. When the season ended, we weren't on our own, but we were kind of on our own. A guy that would push you intelligently, motivate you year-round so you come back next year even in better shape – I missed that, and I was too stupid. I was too lazy to do anything with it on my own. But if I had a regular routine, year-round, season, prime, peak, off-season, slow, training, let's work on this, let's work on that. Um, I've had more than one practice that I was way more tired and way more exhausted and way more spent than you make me feel, but that's peak, you're really getting after it all the time, mm-hmm. four hours. You're just, you're just 100%. That's 100%. Mm. But I wasn't as prepared. I wasn't as geared for that. If I had you and your training methods or Bob Shaman, mm. was this guy's name across the street, he was in my face when I was cocky. He was in my face when I was, you know, deserved to be in my face. But he was very cerebral, very smart, taught me a lot of things, uh, taught me the game, taught me a lot about people. Uh, I, I missed that when I was in college. You're, you're one of many great athletes in college or good athletes, um, but we're all the same. Mm-hmm. Who focuses? Who gets to bed on time? Who eats right? Who's, who's taking it seriously? Who's really pushing 110%? Yeah. Man, that's awesome. Um, the last question I ask everybody. I have so much I more. know. <laughs> <laughs> but I know you got to eat that, Charlie, so... The last question I ask everybody is the title of the podcast is Building Better People. You know, that is core purpose behind everything we do. It's why I want this place to feel like home for every person that walks in. It's because I recognize that there's going to be a positive benefit in their life that far exceeds any body fat loss, PR, um, fast time on a workout. And so for you, how has your commitment to living healthy, exercising, eating better made you a better version of yourself? Hmm. Well, before I answer that, let me just say that for those of you out there watching this and you're considering maybe coming up here to (laughs) BoomFit and working out with Charlie and becoming a member, I'm just going to say this. Charlie cares less about money than he does about what he just said. He cares more about you becoming a better person than he does about his own wallet. Now, he's successful. He's got money in the bank. He can pay his bills. He's raising his four kids amazingly. (laughs) His wife loves him. He loves his wife. All is good. This is not a reach out like, you know, pay him a membership and then you don't have to show up. Charlie's got money. But the most important thing to you, I believe, is people, their spirit, their health, their well-being. And I think that really makes you a powerfully important person in my life. You're, you, because you're so good, you're not the cheapest guy to work out with here at BoomFit. You're not the cheapest guy to work out with in Bryan College Station. You're not the cheapest way to get fit 
in Bryan College Station. If you want to go to Planet Fitness, and I'm sorry to mention that <laughs> on air for BoomFit, and no, and do 10 bucks a month, more power to you. But 99.9% of the time, I believe, you get out of something what you put into it. I cannot go to Planet Fitness and get this. I could not become this fit. I wouldn't be climbing a rope at, at Planet Fitness. And nothing against Planet Fitness. Right. It's the different model, and, and they do what they do, and apparently, hopefully for them, very well. But you have a heart for people, and I think that really draws me to you. Mm. And I think it's going to draw a lot of people to you that are watching this. So for that, in, instead of answering your question directly, uh, I would say people need to pay attention to that. Uh, your heart is amazing. Um, I, I don't know how to answer your question. Um, I'm competitive. I want I want to do better. I'm 62 years old. I don't want to feel like I'm 82 years old when I'm 62. And when I'm 82, I don't want to feel like I'm 82. And I want to get to 82. You know, so, you know, Cheryl and her nutrition, Charlie and his nutrition – uh, uh, dictates, uh, directives, uh, working out with you. I, I don't want to think about what I do for a workout. I don't want to know what I'm doing. What's today? Friday, Monday. Is Today's today, Friday. Today, Friday. <laughs> I, I, every day, Saturday for me. So I don't know. I, I don't know, but if I had to think about it and I choreographed it myself, I, I'd be too distracted, if that's making sense to anybody, and I'd be too unfocused, if that makes any sense to anybody. So my challenge, my route, my path from here, uh, I want to I, I do more pull-ups. I want to do more sit-ups. I want to do more hollow bodies. I want to do them better. I want my shoulders to come off the ground. I want to do... If we run, you know, 400s before we do this, we're going to time them, and you're going to watch the clock. And my first one's going to be my slowest one. And then my second one's going to be fast. The next time we do it, I don't want my first one to be as slow as the first one we did a month ago, two months ago. And so I'm, I guess, competitive, but it's not a bad thing. I just want to be fit. You know, I want to be able to, I want to be able to interact with my employees. I want to be able to interact with my wife. I want, I want a great relationship with my wife. I want a great relationship with you. And I think nutrition and health and, and activity is all part of that. Once again, thanks for listening. If you live in Bryan College Station, we would love for you to come to our gym and start with one of our programs. If you're interested in more information about our services or a free trial, visit us at boomfitbcs.com. That's boomfitbcs.com.